the Apostle Paul stated in Philippians chapter 3. He said, I do not count myself as, as to apprehend. It's basically what he was saying. I don't count myself as have already grasped and have everything that I need that my hands are totally full. But this one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind and I reach forward to the things that are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Church, this is a life of pressing, amen? It's a life of pressing closer and closer to the Lord in the things of His kingdom. At this moment, those of us that are saved in the house this morning, we do have that eternal security. We do have that blessed hope. We do have that promise. We have all of those things, but we are still stuck in these old sinful bodies. And even though we have a new attitude, behold, all things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. That old man is still always trying to fight and is trying to take back over once more the spirit man. And so there's constantly going to be a battle within your very self, within your very spirit of the spirit man having domination over your life, literally ruling with kingly power. And that old man trying to rile up once more and take back over. You know, I had the pleasure, and I call it a pleasure, Brother Brian had briefly mentioned this Sunday night, but after the service, I was just sitting out in, in the fellowship hall here, and I was sitting in the chair, and I was resting. Oftentimes, I'm very tired after I minister because I literally try and let all of the Spirit flow out of me when I minister the Word of God. I don't want to hold anything back. I think it's an opportunity for the children to gather and to hear from the Lord. And so I say within my very spirit, woe unto me. If, it, if I did not empty myself of what God had revealed unto me, of what God had me to speak, not just in the very words, but in the very attitude and the very tone that he would have me to speak it. So oftentimes I'm very tired and worn out after I minister, and I was resting there in the lobby. And as I was resting, a gentleman had come in. I didn't know it. I really didn't know if he was in the service or not. You know, oftentimes people tell me that I'm looking right at them when I'm preaching, but church, I want to tell you I'm not really. In fact, I had missed a dear sister in the meet and greet recently, and I really didn't know if she was here or not. She said, well, you were looking at me the entire sermon. I said, well, maybe I was. But then again, maybe I wasn't, amen. So I really didn't know if he was in this service or not, but we had a dear couple that began to talk to him, and he had a lot of questions. He had a lot of concerns. And I just sat there and I listened. I let God do his work through them. I didn't try and jump up and say, hey, I'm one of the ministers here. Can I help you? You see, we're all called into the kingdom, amen. We're all priests and high priests, amen. There's only one high priest, but we're all priests unto the Lord now. We've all been called into the kingdom for a specific work. And at the moment that I thought it was appropriate, I just stood up and I happened to just pass them by. And the dear couple spoke to me and I was able to talk to the young man and immediately I took him back in the back and he began to literally just pour out his heart unto me. This young man was very educated in the word. In fact, I could tell he's probably been churched his entire life. But he said he attended a church here locally. He didn't exactly want to tell me exactly where that church was. I got a pretty good assumption of where it was, but I won't state that this morning. But he was very afraid that someone was going to know that he had stopped by here. He was afraid that he would be ostracized because he was stopping by here looking for something else, looking for some more truth. 
looking for righteousness. And as I began to talk to him, I could see that he was very educated in the Word. In fact, you know, the Lord's gifted me with a lot of Scripture. I don't memorize Scripture, but the Lord's just gifted me a lot of times. You hear me rattle off Scripture a lot. And so the Lord's gifted me with that. So I began to quote Scripture unto him. And as I began to quote Scripture, some of the Scriptures to him that was pertinent to the discussion that we were having, he would finish the Scripture. So he was very educated in the Word, and, and actually my spirit began to register with his spirit. And the more I talked to him, which was about a two-hour period, I began to really feel that this young man truly is saved of the Lord. He is bought and redeemed with a price. But I want to tell you what was really happening to him. His faith was not just under attack, but his faith was under major attack. And he was having thoughts of, is this whole life really real? Is the Lord really real? Am I missing something? Is there more than one way to God? Can you tell me that possibly almost the entire country of India, who is almost entirely Hindu, can you tell me that all these billion people are wrong and that there has to be more than one path to God? We all end up in the same place. He began to have questions like that, but as he began to talk out of one side of his mouth, the spirit man within him would begin to talk out of the other, and he would say things such as, I know that this is wrong. I know what the Scripture says. I know that I'm not thinking this way, and I don't want to think this way, and I don't want to have this begin to take over my heart. You see, there was a major, major battle going on within him. And church, I want you to know this morning, there's a major, major battle going on within each and every one of us. Your faith is always going to be under attack. And so what I want to encourage you with this morning, thank the Lord I was able to talk to him, and through the working of the Lord, through the power of the Lord, not me, God began to change him and began to literally turn around his very demeanor. It finally got to the point to where I began to ask him over and over again. We would talk for another five minutes, and then I would ask him this question again, and we'd talk for another five minutes, and I would ask him this question again. And the question was this, do you believe that God has the power to save you? I think most of us this morning looking around the house, I am looking at you now, <laughs> would say, Brother Joy, I really believe I am saved. I believe I gave my heart to the Lord. I believe He accepted me. He forgave me. And I am His now. But the question I asked Him was this. If you believe that God has the power, the means, the availability to save you, do you believe that God has the power to keep you? See, we have to answer that once and for all because when we can answer that question, I want to tell you this morning, everything else is going to fall in line. It may not fall into line perfectly. The Bible does tell us that we are going to have trials and tribulations. We are going to have troubles. We are going to have circumstances that aren't going to go our way. We are going to have different things that are going to happen that God will use to try and grow our faith and our relationship and our closeness and our dependence upon Him even more so as the enemy will attempt to use those circumstances and situations to destroy you. And not just destroy you, but literally destroy your faith. Church, everything hinges on your faith. Everything works. The door is either going to be opened or it's going to be closed on your faith. 
You've heard me say many times, faith isn't just believing, but it's trusting. You know, faith is an, is an action word. It's a two-part word. I believe and I trust. I believe and I trust. I believe and I trust. I said, do you believe? Do you have faith that God has the power to keep you? And he began to stutter and to stammer. And finally, he said through tear-soaked eyes, Yes, I do believe that. And so I got over there with him, and I began to pray with him. And then he began to pray. And he began to cry, and he began to weep even louder. He began to shake almost uncontrollably as he cried out to God. But let me tell you what happened when we got up and left that room finally. The man's entire countenance was changed. His entire demeanor was changed. His whole attitude, his outlook, his trust, his belief had been changed by the Lord. And his faith had been renewed once more in the Lord. So much to the point that when he came out of the room, he had a smile on his face. Brother Brian was waiting patiently out there, sitting in the chair. Everyone else had left. Thank the Lord for that. That's wisdom. We got people running into airports shooting people because they've got misery in their lives. You never know who's going to walk through the door and what they're going to try and do. Misery loves company. We ask the question, why would someone go into an airport and shoot a bunch of innocent people? I can tell you why. Because they're in misery. And misery loves company. It's an evil thing. But this young man has such a smile on his face, such a bright countenance that he wanted to hug Brother Brian. He was happy. He was happy to be here because the Lord had turned it around. This is what I want to minister to you on this morning. I got a lot of information I want to cover, but it's this. Church, we are under attack. We are in a war. Some of you even go through fits of depression. You're up on the mountaintop, you're down in the valley. Sometimes your faith, you're running with the Lord. Sometimes it's down in the sewer. Sometimes this is happening, sometimes that happened. This circumstance comes, all of a sudden, you're knocked back down. It's like a roller coaster of your faith. Church, what I want to tell you this morning, I want to show to you by the Word, because the Word tells us faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So I want to show you this morning a topic that we hear about often, but we don't hear it preached on in detail like I'm going to attempt to tackle it this morning, and that is the abundant life. How many of us in the house this morning have been saved and redeemed by the Lord God Almighty? Come on, give Him some praise. How many of us today? I'm proud of my salvation. I got a God of salvation. Come on, He saved me. He rescued me. He redeemed me. He speaks to me. He blesses me. Come on, He anoints me to preach the gospel, the good news of Him. Come on, He's my lover, my fighter. He's everything. He's my wisdom. He brightens up my countenance. He's the sun in the morning. Come on, He's the beautiful sky. He's the wind upon my face. He's everything to me. I'm proud of my salvation. And the God that gave it to me. I want to talk about the abundant life. What is the abundant life this morning? Let's look at the Word so that God may increase our faith so that we don't end up in a pit, in a place of despair that this young man had ended up in because his faith 
was under attack and he began to listen to the enemy whisper lies into his ear that we'll know the word, that we'll stand on it, that we'll believe it, and that we'll trust it and say, you know what, I got a major storm. In fact, it's like a hurricane going on right now. But you know what, I will get to the other side. Because Jesus told me one way or another, get in the boat with me and let us pierce through the darkness unto the other side. We're going to go to the other side. And if God chooses to take my life in the storm, so be it. Then I'll be seated in heavenly places from that point for an eternity forward. Amen. Mm. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, as always, we thank you, we glorify you. Lord, I just ask for your touch, your anointing this morning. Lord, let me not preach in my own power, my own ability my own thoughts and my own ways, but instead let your word come forth, O Lord God, your anointing, which is the only thing that truly breaks the yoke this morning. Lord, let it be exposed, the game plan of the enemy, and let it be put down now and forevermore. Lord, we're asking this morning for you to increase our faith, O Lord God. Show us, Lord God, what we already have in you. This morning, Lord God, I ask you to use me, Lord, as the instrument this morning, the preacher, the teacher, the speaker, to speak, Lord, what you have revealed. Lord, let us be attentive as never before, and let us acquiesce to your word and your will this morning in this service, every soul this morning. And we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus this morning. Everyone said amen. Amen. The Word of God tells us in John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, Jesus himself would say, I am the door. If any man enters by me, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. For the thief does not come but to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. Now, I want you to know this morning some things you already know, but I want to bring it back to your recollection, to your attention. Salvation automatically gives us several things. First, when we ask the Lord to come into our hearts to be Lord and Savior of our lives, we are automatically now have eternal life. Come on, we shall not die. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. John 3.16 We also know that when the Lord saves us through the act of salvation, through the power of salvation, we also know that the Lord forgives us of all of our sins and iniquities. He forgives us. We have a clean slate with the Lord. Come on, if we ask Him to forgive us of our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 and 9. And another thing that salvation instantly gives us is a new heart. We have a new heart, a new attitude, a new mindset, new interests, new lusts, new characteristics, new personality. The old man is dead, has been buried, has passed away, and we have risen again to newness of life. Hallelujah. We have a new life. We have a new attitude, a mindset, a new thought process, hallelujah, because we know that everything that comes from the mouth literally proceeds from the heart, so God has given us a new heart. Praise the Lord for that. (laughs) 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. But I want you to know this this morning. Even though God makes those three major things available unto us, He instantly gives gives it to us. We already have those things. He makes two major things available unto us. The first is that He gives us the availability of the abundant life. The second thing is, is that He gives us, makes available unto us peace that surpasses all understanding. But these two things, the abundant life and the peace that surpasses all understanding, sometimes aren't things that we choose to walk in. Sometimes we don't even know they're available unto us. Sometimes we literally choose not to walk in them. Sometimes circumstances come up and we do not walk in them. So that is my intention this morning is to literally expose and expound upon what is the abundant life. The word abundantly, abundance, abundant, it literally means exceedance. It also means advantages. Did you know you have advantages with the Lord this morning? Did you know that? All right, two of you did, or two of you care. (laughs) Come on, y'all speak up. Now I'm going to start running down the aisles and all. Y'all with me this morning? The time change to get y'all. It means superfluous advantages. It means that we have so much advantage, so much exceedance, that the abundant life literally means that it's just flowing, overflowing, overflowing, overflowing. Advantages, 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 favor, 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 exceedance, exceedance, exceedance from the Lord. It's like that cup you stick under the faucet, and when it begins to overflow, it comes up and it just starts overflowing. Come on, as long as you stay under the faucet, the cup's going to continue to overflow. That's the abundant life that we have from the Lord God Almighty. The first characteristic I want to show you about the abundant life is that church, we have a shepherd. My Lord, that's powerful. You mean I don't have to always figure out where I'm supposed to go? You mean I don't always have to figure out what I'm supposed to do? You mean I don't always have to figure out who I'm supposed to be with? You mean I don't always have to figure out where I spend my money, when I do this, what field I go into, what I say next? Am I going to have security tonight to lay down my head at night? This means that I literally, hallelujah, have a shepherd, and not just any old shepherd, but hallelujah, as David would say, the psalmist, he would say, the Lord is my shepherd, hallelujah. I don't have to worry about all those things. I may think about them, and God may give me discernment of what I should do to err to the right hand or to the left or go straight forward, but I don't have to worry and have anxiety and depression about all these other things because I know that I am in the sheepfold and the shepherd is going to take care of me. Hallelujah. The first characteristic of the abundant life is that we now have a shepherd. The wolves can howl all they want to. (laughs) They can talk and say whatever they want. But the Lord is my shepherd. I have that assurance. I have that security. The 
Lord is my shepherd. Jesus would say this in John chapter 10 and verse 1. Bear with me as I read these verses. Verily, verily, like pay attention, listen up. I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. God calls us. on, he didn't do that until we were in the sheepfold. He would speak to us as the Spirit would draw us periodically. I can look back on all the times when I was in sin, which was a deep pit of sin throughout my life and see where God was drawing me in those different times, those different memories. He would draw me. I didn't know it was Him, but He was calling out to me. But now that I'm His, I'm in the sheepfold, He calls me by name. How wonderful to think about. He's not just calling out to me, Joey, Joey. He's saying, Joey, I want you now to do this. I want you now to go here. I want you now to follow me, and I'm going to open the door. Joey, Joey, come on. Follow me. Walk with me. Be with me. Listen to me. Before, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. But now, I got a shepherd. Church, that's powerful. I got the advantageous life, a life of abundance, the abundant life, because I got a shepherd. Glory. Let that sink into your spirit this morning. And when he put it forth his own sheep, verse 4, he goeth before them. Come on, I don't have to run out there like some little child running out in danger. You know why? About to get run over by cars passing. You know why I don't have to run out there and do that? Because he's not going to let me. (laughs) If I'm listening to him, if I'm following him, he's going to say, you know what? Come on, line up right here and we're about to go out. We're about to go somewhere. Stay right here first, though. And he goes out before me. To make sure there's no danger. Come on. There's no darkness. There's nothing there. He goes before me. And verse 5 says, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. You know one of the young man's biggest problems he was having? He began to listen to those other voices. But he knew in his spirit, man, he knew in his heart that that was not the voice of God. And so there was a major battle, a major war going on within. Listen to me, church. Listen to me carefully this morning. You are not going to outthink the devil. Give it up. And all your pride and all your wisdom, I don't care how old you are. You are not going to outthink the devil. Peter was called the rock, chief of the apostles. And Jesus himself looked at him and says, I'm going to tell you something. Satan has desired to have you. Meaning he's asked for you, Peter. He went before the throne. He said, I want Peter. I want this. He's a sinner. You need to give him over to me right now. I deserve to have him. You don't deserve him. Give him over to me right now. 
He said, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. You know how they sift wheat? They would take it and just they would take those winnowing forks and they throw them up in the air. And the heavier part would fall back down and the chaff and all it would just float away from the wind. Sometimes it would fall back down too if it was really heavier. But that's how easy it is for the devil just to take us and to sift us as wheat. But Christ would have this to say to Peter himself. But this is the shepherd. But the shepherd, I, who love you, who would never leave you nor forsake you, who have you, I have prayed for you that your faith, that your faith, everything hinges on it, that your faith would fail not. And when you're converted, when you're changed, and you're going to be, when you are, not that you might be, when you are converted, when thou art changed, I want you to do something, Peter. Strengthen the brethren. And it was none other than Peter who stood up on the day of Pentecost. Come on, the man that couldn't even look John and James in the face and say, I'm not even worthy to be in your sight because I denied him three times. I'm not even worthy to be called amongst you all. It was Peter who stood up through the power of God because he had been converted, he had been changed, and he preached on the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. Hallelujah! Mm. (laughs) My Lord, that is our shepherd. Verse 6, This parable spoke Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spoke unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are nothing but thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and by me, if any man entereth in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out, and he shall find pastor, my Lord. Verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy, but I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is nothing but a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, he sees the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep, and he flees, and the wolf catches them, and he scatters the sheep. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and he doesn't care for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep, listen to this now. Come on, this is, I feel the call to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And there's other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore, which means because of this, does my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again? Church, does that sound like a love letter written to us this morning? Don't it? We have a shepherd. The main thing with the abundant life is having 
a shepherd. What would David say? Turn with me to the 23rd Psalm. I could quote it for you up here, but I want to read it to you. The 23rd Psalm. I want you to see the words this morning instead of me just rattling them off. You halfway paying attention to them anyway. Verse 1 says this. This is the heart of a shepherd who thanked the Lord that he was his shepherd. Come on, this is the psalmist this morning. This is King David that wrote this. Look at what King David would say in verse 1 of Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Church, you find yourself in times of want, in times of need? Reach out to the shepherd. You're trying to figure it all out on your own. You're trying to make it come about your way. You're trying to create your own substance, your own life, your own way, your own will. You can't do it. Reach out to the shepherd. And when you reach out to the shepherd and you trust in him and you believe in him as your shepherd... You're not going to want for anything. Yeah, you may not become a millionaire. So what? That's what I say about riches. The more money I get, which I don't have much, the more I could care less about it. I'm serious. As long as I got enough to pay my bills, take care of my... I could care less. Give me a billion dollars, and I'm going to try and take the gospel around the world. It's all his anyway. It's going to set my little bank account for 30 years. Well, whoop de doo It's going to gain all this interest. Well, great. What am I going to do with it then? Wait till I can't hardly get around and say, all right, well, I got, I got a million dollars. Well, goody, goody. I'll give it all to my grandkids, and they'll go through it in about five hours. Y'all know it's true. They didn't work for it. <laughs> they certainly ain't going to appreciate it. Well, I want to bless them. Well, bless them. Good, bless them. I'm going to bless mine if I ever have any. I'm going to bless them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be accounted unto you. Remember what happened to the man that built up all his treasures in the storehouses? Remember what happened? Anybody know the story? I know Brother Cobb does. He ministered on it about a month ago. You know what happened to it? It caught fire and burnt down with all of his treasures and all his stores in it. Y'all remember the parable? Mm, Heap not unto yourself. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. My Lord, I could preach on that one right there. He alone restores my soul. Hallelujah. You need a renewing. You need a refreshing. You need a blessing. You need joy. You need a smile. You need comfort. It is none other than the shepherd, hallelujah, that gives it all unto you. He alone restores my soul, hallelujah. That is the abundant life, hallelujah. He restores it. He restores my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, It's all around me. I will fear no evil because you alone are with me. Your rod and your staff, it comforts me. You know why I use this rod and staff? You're going to love this. It's because of this. The staff is for beating back the powers of darkness. 
You know what the rod's for? The Bible tells us, He that spareth the rod hateth the child. Meaning, if you don't really love them, you don't really care about them, you're not going to correct them. Come on, a belt never hurt my butt. It stung for a while. Getting popped once in a while, I needed it. Come on, I had a smart mouth. I was so intelligent. Oh, I was so smart growing up. <laughs> smart Alec. Anybody ever use that term anymore? Smart Alec? I don't even really know what that means. It's one of them southern things. Smart Alec. I don't know where that comes from, but we know what it means, right? Maybe somebody was named Alec, and he was like, I don't know. Come on, y'all laughing because y'all got all these sayings. We rattle off. We don't know what they mean, do we? <laughs> it's true. Start thinking about something like, where did I learn that? Well, Mama said that. Grandpa, so-and-so, you say that, I don't really know what it means. We don't know what some of them mean. We think we do. I was a smart aleck. The rod is for chastisement. It's for correction. God's saying, I'm going to beat back the powers of darkness that's all around you. I'm going to beat them back. But I'm also going to wear your butt out when you need it. And we need it, don't we? Come on, that's, where, that's what conviction's all about. Verse 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Remember what we said the abundant life really means? The word abundance, it means to overflow, doesn't it? David's saying right here, my cup, it runs over because of you, O Lord God. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My Lord. You see, David had come to a place where he had accepted by faith that the Lord alone was his shepherd. Come on, i got to hurry. Turn with me to Psalm 68 and verse 19. I want to cover all these this morning. Psalm 68. We see right here talking about salvation and what God makes available unto us, which is peace that surpasses all understanding and the abundant life. It's not an automatic like forgiveness, eternal life, and a new heart is. Instead, these things are made available unto us, and we have a choice to walk in them and to accept them or not. Verse 19 says this in Psalm 68, Blessed be the Lord, which daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. So he's saying, the God of your salvation also daily loads you with benefits. Come on, the Bible also tells us that His mercies are new every morning, are they not? So daily, if we'll walk in them, if we'll accept them, if we'll begin to see the abundant life for what it really is, when all the darkness, when all the depression, when all the trials, when all the tribulations begin to literally overwhelm
from us, we'll know the word of God because faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. And we'll say, you know what, enemy, I'm not going to step off into that. I'm not going to walk in that. I'm not going to move in that place because I know that today is a new day and God's mercies are new every morning. Therefore, they're available unto me. God never tires of giving me His abundant life, of giving me His grace, of giving me His mercies. And in fact, today, God is going to load me with His benefits. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's going to load me up with them. His benefits over and over. His favor over and over. God's going to load me with those benefits. Well, Brother Joy, what is some of those benefits? Church, if I began to just talk about all those benefits, I could be up here for two months just constantly rattling on about the benefits of God. But I do want to show you a few this morning. Turn to me in your Bibles to Psalms 103. church I feel this morning like I'm trying to show you all the features of a car that you already got (laughs) isn't it good to know I just bought a new truck by the grace of the Lord back in October it was time my little 1997 Nissan the little black one I run around in I still like it better (laughs) because I've had it 19 years But my wife kept saying, you keep going off to all these places real far and the truck's going to break down on you. So finally I broke down and bought a new truck. Grudgingly, I went to the car lot. Most people love to go and get a new vehicle. I was hating it. Paying that note every month. But you know, after I bought the vehicle, which that's the least thing he could have done since I just spent thousands of dollars on it, He said, all right, come on, let's go out to the truck. And he sat in the passenger seat, and I sat in the driver's seat. And he began to punch all those buttons on the center consoles, a lot of them, by the way. If you haven't bought a car recently, it does all kind of stuff. Like, you don't even know what it does. Because you ain't going to read the 50-page manual, are you? I know, you're going to go home, and you're not going to turn the TV on. You're going to read that manual. Yeah, right. So he began to show me all what it did. He said, you already bought the truck. These are some of the benefits that maybe you didn't know you had. You see, you can, drive, you can put it in drive and drive all. Put your seatbelt on, by the way. Fill it up with gas and change your oil. You can just drive it up down the road all you want to. But when someone begins to show you the benefits, say, Brother Joe, I really don't like Toyotas. I think they're bad vehicles, and I think this, and I think that. I can say, well, you can have your own opinion, but let me tell you what mine does. Mine's good. Mine's great. Let me tell you all that it does because I know the benefits of mine. Come on, that's what we're doing this morning. Through God's Word. Here's some of the benefits of God because He daily loads us. Do you believe that this morning? Well, Brother Joy, that might be for you. You're a preacher. Church, God's no respecter of persons. Come on. Do you love your children any differently? You love them the same. Even when they make you mad, you still love them the same. God's no respecter of persons. This is for all of us. He loads us with benefits daily. Oh, 
I love that. Although I might preach again on that. It's powerful. Daily, he loads me up with them. So much to the point that they're overflowing, i got to unload them. My Lord, that's good. Psalms 103 in verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There it is. You want to see some of them? Who forgives all your iniquities and who healed all your diseases. Church, he healed you this morning. I'm not talking about this life and what may take you out of here. That's up to the Lord. Did you know this morning that you have been healed of all sins, all trespasses, he's forgiven you. And you, if you know the Lord this morning as your personal Lord and Savior, shall never die. I ain't talking about the 15, 20 years you may have left. Come on, this life is but a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. In fact, we're not even promised tomorrow. But we are promised eternity. Amen. Church, don't lose sight of that, the joy of your salvation. Don't lose sight of that, getting caught up because you had $50 in the bank, now you got 10 Come on. I know it's been hard for a lot of you. My house didn't flood, thank the Lord. I really mean that. I know it's been hard for you. Come on, we're only here for a little while. Don't forget all the benefits of God in our personal lust and our personal desires. Don't forget. It says he's healed us of everything, of all of our diseases, of everything. Verse 4, who redeemed your life from destruction. Come on, we're bought with a price, with a heavy price. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, this word tender mercies is so powerful. You know what it really means? When a woman has a baby, She's went through all that labor. She's went through all that toil. She's went through all that. And everybody wants to grab up the baby, and the nurses got to clean it and everything. They got to cut the umbilical cord. But then they swaddle the baby, and they hand that baby back to the mother. And you see it all in the mother's face. All that joy, all that love, all that kindness. All that mercy. Because the mother in her heart would say, I'd do anything for this child. I'd die for it. I don't know what's going to become of it. I don't know what's going to grow up to be. But she has all these wonderful thoughts and all these wonderful feelings about the future of that innocent child at that moment. And heaven and hell could pass away before she let anything take that baby from her arms. That's what he's talking about right here church that I just described, that's tender mercies. Do you know the Lord loves us like that? That's how he views us. That's how he thinks of us. This is some of the benefits of God on a daily basis, that he loves us with that type of love, that type of tender mercy. Church, how could we ever think that God has forsaken us when he loves us in this capacity? This is the abundant life. This is the abundant life that he gives us on a daily basis. And verse 5 says this. I'm closing. 
who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He says he satisfies your mouth. He gives us the proper nourishment. He gives us the proper sweetness. He gives us everything that is proper, everything that's right, everything that is good for us on a daily basis. He loads us up with these type of benefits and he nourishes us exactly as we need to be nourished on a daily basis. Hallelujah. And when we allow him to do this, it don't matter how young, how old you are, none of that matters. Come on, Moses was 80 years old whenever God said, go back and tell him, let my people go. He lived another 40 years walking around the desert every day. Come on, he didn't need a stairmaster. says he will renew us like the eagle's wings. You know the eagles, they shed their feathers or whatever it's called. Actually, I think it's called molting is actually the proper term. But they lose all their feathers annually. Did you know that? And they get new feathers. And those feathers look shiny and they look new. And actually, even though the eagle can be very old, the eagle looks young again. And the feathers are so soft and they're so shiny and they're so new. When he gets those feathers again, he or she gets those feathers again, the eagle above all birds is able to soar high. You know, they've actually seen eagles up like five, six, seven, ten thousand feet elevation flying around before. You know that? The eagle flies so high above everything and soars above everything up there. It says that if we will acquiesce our wills and our faith unto God, He will daily load us up with these benefits. And come on, it don't matter how old or how young we are, we're going to feel and we're going to be renewed like the eagle. Hallelujah. And it's going to be beautiful. Church, it's going to be beautiful. Church, I'll close with this. Speaking about the abundant life. I'm going to hit on y'all just a little bit this morning because God wants me to say this. Some of the reasons a lot of us don't experience the abundant life is because we don't diligently seek the Lord. We're happy with the retirement plan that He's given us, but we're far too busy in our own lives. We're far too occupied with our own interests and our own lust, and a lot of it's just selfishness and pride. Okay? We don't diligently seek Him. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, in verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Now this word diligently right here, it means to seek out, it means to search it means to investigate. How many of us are constantly, diligently seeking and searching for the Lord? Remember what he would say in Jeremiah. He says, you shall seek and you shall find. I'm paraphrasing that. But he says, you will be found of me, saith the Lord. Whenever you Seek and you search for me. Church, we got to get serious with God. No matter our situation, no matter our circumstances, and understand, hey, I have an enormous amount of life I could be living right now, the abundant life. 
I have a shepherd. I have all of these benefits. Come on, I'm not out here alone roaming around. I'm not without provision. I'm not without substance. Come on, I'm a rich man this morning because I have the Lord God Almighty as my shepherd, and he's daily loading me up with things. Come on, it ain't things that the world thinks is of value, but within my spirit, man, it's renewed every day. I'm forgiven every day. His kindness, his mercy is new every day. Come on, I feel no matter how old I am, just like a young eagle, and I'm about to soar, hallelujah, above all these problems and all these circumstances. I'm going to begin to live the abundant life. And I will diligently seek Him above all things. Come on, is that your heart cry this morning? Am I talking to anybody today? Brother Joey, I want to know the Lord like this. I want to avail myself to the abundant life. I never heard it quite spoken that way and put that way. Yeah, I knew I had eternal life. It was given to me at salvation. Yeah, I knew I had a new heart. It was given to me at salvation. Yeah, I knew I was forgiven. It was given to me at salvation. But I never really looked at it in that context that I can have peace that surpasses all understanding and that I can live the abundant life because Jesus came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundant. Come on, would you stand with us this morning? I'm going to ask Brother Brian and the worship team to come back for a few moments. <laughs> come on, is the new vehicle looking a little better to you this morning? Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. Enemy's going to come knocking, I promise he will. In fact, he's going to come right after this service. Some of you even struggle what, what was ministered on this morning by tonight. You won't be able to remember the topic. I'm not being ugly, I'm being truthful. You'll say, it was pretty good, but I think Brother Joy did a pretty good job. I just don't recall what he was preaching on. The enemy's going to come quickly. He's going to tell you, you don't need that, it's a lie, you're doing good. You still got a roof over your head. Your family's doing okay. You got food on the table. You're doing pretty good. The truth is you are doing pretty good. But maybe you're not doing abundantly good. You know, when I got saved, I was so hungry and so thirsty. I'm still that way for the things of the Lord. If it's of God, I want it. That's how I got filled with the Spirit. I got saved in a Baptist church didn't believe in tongues. That's right. I said, you know what, God, if this is of you, I read it in Acts chapter 2, I read it in the Bible. If it's of you, I don't care what man tells me, I want it. I want everything that God has for me. Lord, don't limit us this morning. Church, as they begin to play this morning, these altars are open. Come on, do you want to walk in the abundant life? I want you to come unto the Lord this morning begin to speak to him, begin to ask him, begin to pray to him. If you need prayer this morning, I'd love to pray with you. Would you come this morning as they begin to play? The abundant life is here before you. Would you come today?